Thanks to everyone who participated in the Worldwide CacheCon 2021, the first ever virtual worldwide geocaching conference. All contests are closed now. Hey, it doesn't mean you can't listen still. All right, back to the conference. So we're joined by Annie Love. Annie, thank you so much for being <laughs> with us today for this part of this hour. Yeah, and, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, we've we got to we got to meet. We met in Geo Woodstock. I think yep. it was the first time we, we, you and I got to meet. I know you yeah. you know Tom from mm-hmm. way back. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but tell us about um, your role with uh, HQ, and maybe just tell a little bit about you know how you even you even got started in geocaching. Yeah. Um. My dad got me uh, started back in 2004. He was kind of obsessed with it. And um, I, on my graduation day, we went out geocaching. And then for my birthday that year, I asked for a GPS and he got me one. So I've been caching since then. I started working at HQ in 2007. Uh, I was working the front desk when there wasn't a front desk. There was just a table. And uh, just kind of as the company's grown, my role has grown into different things. Um, I've been part of the merchandise team. I've been part of business development. Uh, I manage our API program with all our API partners. I manage mm-hmm. the trackables program, um, logo licensing, uh, just whatever. I, I take photos for HQ. A lot of the shop geocaching photos uh, are mine or I've edited them. And yeah, I, I love it. I I'm feel fortunate that I get to work at the place of a hobby that I love. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with the questions. All right. <laughs> well, my first one is, is there anything that can't go on a geocoin? Um, oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> or I said, or needs approval first. Uh, so for our bulk uh, tracking codes, Everything has to be approved by us, which is usually me. Um, And what I'm looking for is just kind of that the design is family friendly in nature. And, you know, I know family friendly sometimes varies from place to place. So um, I sort of go off of, you know, what might be shown on TV here in the U.S. uh, um, versus, you know, other things. And also what... um, uh, that it has the text track at geocaching.com or trackable mm-hmm. at ge- geocaching.com. So just something to denote to a person finding that trackable in a geocache. So they know it is actually a trackable and then hopefully they will go to the website if they're new to trackables in general and look up, you know, the, the tracking code and, and figure out that they're supposed to move it on to the next cache. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And what if I wanted to put signal on, on my coin? Um, we do allow signal to go on the coins. Uh, we do, because it is one of our um, uh, trademark designs, we have to make sure that it's followed, following the, the look of signal and signal has changed over the years. So uh, I, what I'm always looking for is the new version of signal and um, also needs to have the little TM uh, for trademark next to the body. If the coin's trackable, then it's totally fine to use Signal. You can use the geocaching logo. Um, the big thing is just don't modify anything in a big way. And the importance with Signal is a Signal has to be showing because that's his GPS. Um, so, uh, yeah, if, 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 if there's a hat on there, it's got to have the Signal coming through. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just know he looked real good riding a bull and driving a race car. That was involved with. I wonder where that was. <laughs> that was <Fort> worth. 
That was, uh, that was a cute design. <laughs> uh, what's some of the good advice to keep your trackables from going missing? Um, that's a good question. So it does happen just because people new to the game don't know that that is not a swag item sometimes. And so that's where it's really important to have the track at geocaching.com. If it's, if it's a coin, you might consider putting it in a baggie with the, the printout um, that comes on the trackable page that explains that it's meant to move uh, from cash to cash and kind of gives you an idea to look up the goal. You can put the goal on that page. Um, the other thing I've seen people do is, um, you know, physically drill a hole in a coin and attach a tag that says this is a trackable. It's supposed to move, help it mm -hmm. um, make its goal. Uh, that's that's usually good. Sometimes you just see when you go to geocaching events, people keep their geo coins and they just put them out on a table and let you discover them. So that's a nice way for you to get to enjoy the coin. Um, the the owner gets to keep it in their collection, uh, but they get to share it with everyone. And um, you know, trackable tags tend to do a little bit better in caches just because like the the travel bug um, has this iconic look to it, uh, and so people know that if it's a travel bug, it's meant to move from cache to cache. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So what if my poor trackable does go missing? I've only had that happen two or three times. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> um, so yeah, it does happen. And, you know, for various reasons, and I've actually had trackables show up, you know, several years later. But if you know, for sure, um, you know, and unfortunately, there's been some wildfires, like in, in yeah. Australia and the US, caches get destroyed, and then trackables might be in there. And, you know, you know that that trackable is not going to be able to move anymore because it just doesn't exist anymore. And um, if you want to take that code, you can actually apply it to a new item. And again, I keep it labeled with that track at geocaching.com just so people know that 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 six digit code is a is a tracking code. I've, I've got one for example. So a little show oh, yeah. and tell, little show and tell here, but I'm blocking the number because <laughs> but this was from uh, IB Geocaching did this, and they got a little card. Just kind of cool, mm -hmm. and uh, on the back of it, it's it says um, it's, that it's a replacement tag for geocaching dong, geocaching dot com <laughs> trackable that was muggled. Yeah. Oh, and, and that one looks like it's laminated. That's also a good yeah, idea. You know, just so it, yeah. it can um, withstand the elements a little bit better. That's why yeah. you'll see them in, in plastic baggies too. And where it's you know, and it says you know this is. Something we always always great to see is says this is trackable, not a trade <laughs> yep. item. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the the clearer you can be, the better. And um, I know I, I've seen them before where you've been you could used to be able to buy some tags that were that had that, and you could actually attach that to your uh, trackable. That's where I'd see people yeah. put holes in a geocoin and and attach it that way. So yeah, those cards. I remember the cards mm -hmm. you, you used to get. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask this one and then it'll have a follow-up. So <laughs> when's the first time you saw a trackable tattoo? Oh gosh. Um, so let's see, I started the company in 2007. Um, I think it was probably sometime in 2008 that I sort of took over doing tracking codes. Um, Brian, um, uh, Brian Roth used to, used to be in charge of that and with all the other things that he does. And um, <laughs> yeah. <crazy. laughs> and so it was probably within the next um, two or three years of that, that someone said, Hey, I want to make a trackable tattoo. I, I bought this travel bug. Can I, can I, can I do that? And um, 
I think it was probably one of the first tattoos that we saw. We decided that why not make a custom icon to go right. with that? And so it's it's sort of the the same line, but it's a person. And so mm-hmm. um, if people want to get one of those, they can just email me. Um, well, email HQ and right. with mm-hmm. a picture uh, showing the the trackable tattoo, showing the code, and then I'll update the icon to that that special icon. So right. That that is that is cool. I've seen seen some of those, but it's also cool that you see that there's like you said, there's a an I, a special icon for that. Yep. That's cool. yep. Yep. Yeah, and there's um I want to say there's something like seven hundred uh track oh, wow. tattoos, a little over that. I, I, I keep track just for fun. Yeah. That's that's interesting. In yeah. Itself. <laughs> yeah. I've I've known a few people with them and yep. yeah, you're you're dedicated if you get one. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I've I've actually known a few geocachers that have multiple trackable tattoos. So oh. I, I I think there's uh I it might have been Geo Woodstock. I was yeah. I met some guy that was handing out a card with all his trackable codes, and it was something like I don't know 20, 20 different trackables oh, tattoos wow. on his body. And I'm like, cool. He's committed. Yeah. He's he's past committed. I um, hope he doesn't ever fall out of love with yeah. him. <laughs> I knew a couple that had half the code on. The husband and the other half of the code was on the wife. So that was was pretty cool. That is cool. (laughs) Great idea. Yeah. (laughs) Trackable tattoos sound pretty crazy, but what other crazy stuff have you seen? Um, I've seen... Um, I can say multiple, more than one uh, trackable tooth. Um, so that was probably pretty crazy. Uh, I also know that there's at least one, maybe a couple uh, trackable RFID tags that are implanted in, in people's hands. Um, so if you can scan it with an RFID scanner, then you can the, um, log the trackable. Um, gosh, uh, you go to geocaching events and you see the really large, um, yeah. bug, <laughs> you know, full size, <laughs> taller than people travel bugs. Um, there's the, the one you don't want to get, the, this is don't yeah. get stuck with. Yeah. Tom Do not be the last person at the event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say Tom's probably been the last person at some of his or Texas challenge. Have you ever been stuck with some of those, Tom, where you're like, Great. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I, I know that lesson. Yeah. This no, guy, we, this I remember Woodstock Incarnation. There, one of the Friday night event had like a 14 foot or longer surfboard. Wow. And wow. that showed up at Woodstock's after that for yeah. a couple of years. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how the heck do you get that thing moved all the way across the country? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just nuts. Um, that reminds me one of my travel bugs, which it actually made it back to me at HQ Yay. after a few years, which was That's really cool. cool. It, yeah. um, I was I was out on a hike with a bunch of geocachers locally, and it was a, a beach hike, and um, we decided to pick up trash on the on the way back, you know, because cashing sure. trash out. And um, I found a, a fin from a surfboard. And I, I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. I kind of want to keep this. And I ended up drilling a hole in it and attaching a travel bug to it. So um, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got that at my desk at work. <laughs> cool. I've yeah. seen some great stories. Uh, we were in, we were at Texas Challenge of all places. Mm-hmm. Which, surprise, surprise. In mm-hmm. Denton. Yep. And we went to a, one of the early um, coffee events. And one of the 
Jesse was coming down from Colorado, and this guy was in Texas, but he came over to give Jesse back his trackable that had made it all all over, and he just happened to come back to Texas, and he knew that Jesse was going to come down for the event. So Mm -hmm. have you heard – you probably heard stories similar to that where somebody will have sent a trackable – and. You know, that's something we, we always want to encourage people is move yeah. them. And speaking of, I got to get this one moving. Yeah. But <laughs> it's fun to hear the stories. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, I remember Coco, who uh, was the original artist for Signal. Uh, one of her friends in Japan sent out a trackable with the mission to get to geocaching HQ. And that was back in the day when, you know, geocaching wasn't that big and trackables, you know, it was cool for one to move from a state to another state. Um, And yeah. And I think it took two years, but it made it to HQ and uh, into Coco's hands. So that was super, super fun. (laughs) It's always always cool to hear the success stories. Yeah. (laughs) I just just thought of something, you know, the, the trackables, you know, the, the mileage gets tracked on them, how far mm-hmm. they've gone. Yep. And there's one coming up that will probably have the longest distance of all of them. The first time it's ever logged. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's the, uh, the Mars Rover. Um, maybe you've heard about it through the log book or a blog post or a social post, but yeah, the, the Mars Rover has a travel bug on the side of it. And, um, I probably don't tell the story well, but essentially it's it's what they um, will use to make sure that the um, that the video camera or something like that is mm-hmm. is um, reading things properly. Calibrated. So it will, yeah, it will yeah. focus on the travel bug, and so yeah, that's super cool. And I actually got to make the code for that, which Yay. was <laughs> hey. yeah. So some of my work is headed to Mars. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We had Dr. Beagle on part of the jet propulsion laboratory oh, awesome. and uh yeah your the trackable came up so uh thank you so much for for doing that uh and to sort of spread geocaching in a, in a whole other other way but uh i know a lot of people are are excited to you know see that thing unlocked and, oh, and sure. uh, <laughs> yeah so that is, yeah. that, is great. that is crazy. It's great. Yeah. Though. It's um, yeah. You just, you, you kind of joke about like, Oh yeah, maybe they'll put geocaches on Mars someday. And here it's happening. There's, there's a geocaching trackable going to be on the surface of Mars. Like it's just, it's <laughs> it out just of this world. Not, <laughs> it just better not get muggled. I know. Right. <laughs> it's about the safest trackable out there. I think that one or the, so. there was well, one. I don't know. Does Marvin still have his plutonium? <laughs> 238 space modulator. Well, let's Maybe. hope he's just a geocacher and, and, and a good one. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause for, for a while, for a long time, and I think it's back at HQ now, but correct me if I'm wrong, but the one that was taken up to the international space station yep. was up there for quite a while. The a trackable was up there and then I think was brought back at some point. Yeah. I actually just had to go to HQ to photograph that one the other day. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's in a nice frame. If, um, once, once the office is open again, you know, people can come into the lobby and, and see it and discover it. So there's been, um, as far as I know, two trackables that have been up into the space station. So, and yeah, that, that first story was just super cool, you know, because to see the picture of a travel bug in the space station is, is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So items at HQ sells. 
Mm-hmm. Do, they, do they sell better when you put a trackable on it or? We, we definitely find that, um, you know, just for the various reasons, like people like to have something that others can discover at geocaching events. So if it's a t-shirt, you know, and it has a tracking code on the, on the sleeve or something, then that, that just makes that t-shirt much more valuable to that geocacher because then, you know, they can look back at the logs of all the people that they've met, um, at events and, and read those and have fun. Um, yeah, we, we have like logo stuff, but we definitely find things that have a track, tracking code attached to them do a little bit better. So, you know, when you look through our store, you see that we have space pens that have tracking codes on them. Um, mm-hmm. We now have a wine stopper that has a tracking code on yeah, it, which I crazy. have on one of my wine bottles. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so it's... Um, it's just kind of fun, you know, and people really love their trackable collections. And I love looking through the Facebook groups um, for trackables and just seeing how people have displayed all theirs and how, how much pride they have in them. So yeah, it definitely makes, um, you know, it's a small thing for us, but it's, it's, it's a big thing for, for someone who buys that product. Yeah. I've got, I've got one that is on my car, Mm -hmm. but, uh, well funny story maybe not funny <laughs> but when my when my car caught fire Ooh, okay burned to the ground yeah. uh, <laughs> it was not it was not uh salvageable but i still had the number so i had yeah. the number i had the number remade into another uh, oh, vinyl yeah put it back on the car so yeah i'll probably have to do the same whenever i get in get a new car and <laughs> can't peel that sticker off. Yeah. I can't peel it off sometimes. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's fun. It's fun. It's uh, a lot of people, you know, people have different responses to them, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen uh, it's for me, it's kind of fun watching others do it, which is they'll walk around events Mm -hmm. and you'll see them scanning codes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I'm I'm a little limited on what I discover. You know, I usually, if it's someone that I've had a conversation with and you know, they're like, Oh, you know, I'll grab a picture of their shirt and with the code or their tattoo or whatever. And, um, you know, but I've definitely, um, there are some times where I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to get my numbers up. So I want to, I want to scan all the ones available. <laughs> so. People can take anything they want out of it. And there's a community that just loves trackables. And, you know, like mm-hmm. some of those folks might not cash a whole lot, but they mm-hmm. love, they love the camaraderie of trading and selling and, um, you know, just the friendships that have been built over it. And I think that's wonderful. And then the, the, the other cool side is like, you know, you see scout groups that have little yeah. trackable races or classrooms and, um, they send their, their trackables out and get to follow the adventures and get to see the logs and the pictures. And that's, that's super fun. Yeah, that is cool. I've enjoyed when I've picked one up and found they had some kind of mission I could accomplish for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And get some cool pictures with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have, I, have I always been around. Do you think any of have, have missions always been around at least from, from the beginning or was that something you think was. That would be a good question for John Stanley. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, bike. Yeah. I don't know if, um, I don't know if like it started with the very first one, but right. as long as I've been playing the game, there has been, you know, a goal of the trackable, whether it was just to move from cash to cash, but 
but yeah, I, I don't know on the first iteration if that was like, you know, uh, the first intent for it. So, mm -hmm. and you know, and people, people do different things, um, you know, because like mountain bike would just put a coin in a cache and yeah. it was meant as a gift for the next finder. And the cool thing is before I knew, before I knew had found my first geocache and before like I had an account or anything like that, I knew who mountain bike was because my dad had found one of his coins oh, wow. in a cache in Idaho. And you know, it was a big deal to my dad. He was like, oh, there's this guy and he he puts these coins out there. And, you know, and it was, you could tell my dad was just had so much pride over that coin. And, you know, then a few years later, here I am sitting literally next to mountain bike at HQ. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get to sit next to mountain bike. <laughs> so, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the celebrities are always <laughs> still fun to, yep. to, to, to be with, but, uh, yeah, and I've seen some great missions. Mm -hmm. I saw one where the person wanted, uh, they were uh, law enforcement, and they wanted to show their support for law enforcement. They said, whenever you take this trackable somewhere, if you would ask, you know, you, have, you know, ask nicely if you could take mm -hmm. a picture with a different, you know, with a person who yep. was in law enforcement, if they would do that, holding the trackable. And uh, it's just kind of fun, just a, a, a something unique and they had pictures of people from like all all over in different mm -hmm. you know places uh and i think they even got like firemen involved so it was kind of like it got uh, to it got expanded but they're all holding the same little little fuzzy little you know gnome or whatever they had yeah yeah it's funny awesome. that that little thing got passed it's around a little and, thing but all these people had fun with it yeah right. yeah i was uh i was kind of wishing uh the other day that i had one of my i just got my new yeah, tag awesome. <laughs> um so <laughs> i actually had one probably my first encounter with um um it was with border patrol. I was, oh my. I, was I was geocaching right at the Canadian border, which, you yeah. know, it's closed right now. So I can't, I can, couldn't cross the border. And, sure. and, uh, um, one of the border patrol, uh, officers pulled me over while I was walking, which was right. kind of strange. And, uh, you know, just kind of asked me some questions and I, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm just up here geocaching. He's like, Oh, is that the thing with the trinkets where you, you take something and you leave something? And I was like, yeah, he's like, I used to do that 10 years ago. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared, but I would have loved to have like said, Hey, here's my, here's my personal tag that <laughs> next time you geocache, you can put that out there. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I've got, I got one of yours, the original, I guess maybe yeah, but nice. now you got a new one. <laughs> yep. That's the fun of it. Yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta find, gotta Re find reason, the reason to meet again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, with uh, COVID, it's it's been sad. I haven't been able to yeah. get these out to people, but because I like to give them out in person, you know. Oh uh, yeah. When I'm meeting I'm, people. So. Yeah. I, I love talking to lackeys and that's sort of a bonus, you know, mm -hmm. is to be able some of them will if they have one with them. But uh yeah, I, I think I'm pretty confident that one day we'll all get to be able to be together in the same room and yeah. <laughs> swapping uh stories and, and swapping trackables yeah it'll come soon so it will well, well annie thank you so much for being on and yeah. thank you uh as being obviously part of hq for for promoting uh you know and partnering with worldwide cash con and making this uh, such a great event and you know we really a lot of this obviously we could never have done without without hq support and uh and blessing and uh 
you know, it's uh, it's been a pleasure for us to be able to to work with with uh, the whole team there. So please pass on our, our word to them and, and tell them thank you from us. Yeah, well, thank you for having us and, you know, reaching out. And this whole uh, ca- Worldwide CashCon is awesome. So uh, I think it's really a great idea. And, you know, that's that's the one thing with with COVID times. It's been sad to not be together with geocachers. And I, I think this is a really cool way to, like, keep that community connected. So thank you for what you're doing. You bet. Thanks again. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk about trackables, but more specifically, we're going to talk about coins during this section of this hour. So, Tom, you got some questions for Chris. Take it away. Sure, Chris. Well, how did you get started in all this? In caching or coins? In the coins. So we don't want to forget that. In the coins. uh, It was... We were just kind of new to caching, and we were actually pretty quite bad at it. But um, New Year's, I want to say, not New Year's, Christmas Eve in like 2005, uh, we found or we'd been watching to see if, you know, any of these mysterious coins ever actually came by our way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fox was actually the one who saw it first. He said there's a coin that had showed up. It was up on the top of a mountain, but if we hurried, we might get it before the storm blew in. And so... That ended up being a really terrible idea. We ended up spending far too long doing it, almost getting killed in the process. But we did finally find that coin. And it's there was something about the idea of finding an actual metal coin in a cache that just transformed everything for us. It's it went from the, you know, being the idea of, you know, just trinkets or or the logbook to treasure. And it was kind of that aha moment. It's you no, know, you went from feeling like you were playing a game to suddenly feeling like you were Indiana Jones. And that was, that was everything. As soon as we saw it, that just changed it. And then it was all we could talk about, you know, and and then it was just a matter of figuring out how to do it. And a lot of the things that sort of scared us about the idea of making a coin or kind of what everybody goes through that first time, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, timing and money and how do you do it? And all the stuff that all those, you know, ideas that kind of hit you, and make you doubt whether you can. And I think it was just a matter of working through those, um, talking to the community, getting advice, listening to people who'd gone down that road before. And then once we got that part of it figured out, then it was just a no brainer. We were, you know, we were going to jump in and do it. And what drew you in the world of, of designing coins? Well, I'd been, a, I'd been a professional designer for, I don't know, probably 20 years um, prior to that. But you know, you're going, you know, you're working a job where you're, you know, it's 12, 14 hours a day and you're doing design all day long. And, you know, you go home and the last thing you want to do is, is more artwork. And I was, I don't know, I was kind of losing that buzz, the creative buzz that you get when you're doing something you're really excited about. And discovering coins was a way that I could kind of do something different. Um, at the time, you know, everybody was on the GeoCoin forums and everybody wanted avatars. And so it was a way to help practice the idea of sort of building logos. And you know, I was already an you know, advertising print designer anyway and an animator for 3D animation. So when people wanted these avatars for their profiles on you know, the geocaching forums, that was just something I could do for fun. They were quick jobs that were just for the, the sake of creativity. But a lot of, those, a lot of those later on would become what were the first path tags and even first geocoins 
And so how did you transition from doing this for fun to doing it for as a profession? I think uh, I love the idea so much. The idea of actually making a coin was just, I was so wrapped up around the idea that it was going to happen no matter what, that I actually ended up finding someone who was going to make a coin, but they didn't know how to do the design part. I did. I knew how to do the design part, but I didn't have the funds or the, I guess, temerity to try it. And so working together with the UO trackers, we actually worked on a design together, worked out how it actually had to be done, and then kind of made that first step into producing a coin. And that, that was daunting. But once we got through that first hurdle, then I wanted to do it again, like immediately. And within, within weeks, we were already designing our own coin. Wow. Yeah. One thing too, we're going to do tonight, we will do some show and tell. Uh, so don't worry, folks, we're going to uh, show you coins, <laughs> question mark. And we're going to show you some coins too. We're going to do both because uh, we've got a couple of different examples of things you can do trackable wise. So stay tuned. We're going to do that here in a second. Well, let's talk about some of the design stuff for a minute. So why do I need a coin designer? Why can't I just do this myself? I think the biggest problem is it's how you go about doing the design. A lot of times, and most of it is a matter of experience, learning that everything down to the smallest detail, like line thickness. If you go to draw something that you want to become a part of a design on a coin, you actually have to know what the size of coin is first before you draw that first line, because that the size of the coin depend or then decides how thick that line can be. Then you decide what kind of enamel you want. Well, now that just changed everything because some enamels take more space than others. And then you decide what kind of molds you want. And well, that just changed everything because now your finishes don't match. So it was a matter of plowing through these processes over and over and over kind of, you know, trial by fire is kind of how I learned what worked and what didn't. And I wrote a book on a number of these things that I learned along the way. And mostly it's a cautionary tale of what to watch out for. But the, the single biggest item might be is knowing how to work in reverse, you know, starting with a dark background and working up, you know, working with light metals. So um, literally the best way you can design a coin is probably start with a chalkboard and a piece of chalk. Because if you're using anything other than black nickel, you're actually right. drawing in reverse. And that's a really mind-blowing concept for a lot of people. That idea that everything that you would normally do, you have to throw that all away and start doing it the opposite way of how you've learned, which was pencil and white paper. Right. And so... That's interesting. So that's that's one of those things that you just... You, you have to have an artistic mind to do it anyway. But I think it helped a lot that I had, I'd started out early on doing um, architectural engineering right out of high school and then immediately out of high school, you know, in college doing print design. And then right after that, I was into doing, you know, commercial animation. So I was already working and seeing things in my head, you know, creatively in 3D. And so understanding, understanding how that works and how a die works was a huge bonus. That was you don't, it's just one of those things you don't normally get. You don't normally have the opportunity to learn all three of those things, those skills together and be able to use them. It was just, you know, a combination of, of luck mostly. 
that allowed me to sort of see that process ahead of time and be able to work backwards from it. Right. So is it fair to say if I presented you a design on a piece of paper tonight and said, this is what I'd like to do, you could take a look at it and in a few seconds decide, well, this might be good in just a base metal and, and nothing more, or a couple things of enamel or, or this just can't be done what you want to do, but here's what you can do instead. Usually I can, usually within the first few minutes of looking at a design, you have a kind of an understanding of are, are we, are what we want to visually convey, is that, you know, applicable to metal or is it something that would only work in print? And I have, I've had that, you know, I've had the, the customer that wants the Bible on the grain of rice and I've had customers that just want very, very basic stuff. Um, there's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just a matter of, of what's possible. And the idea of what's possible keeps changing. So that's another part that's, you know, that kind of helps having somebody who's been, you know, through it before. Right. It helps. Um, even if you design it yourself, work with, talk with, you know, uh, do a little research. You know, you're investing a lot of your time and energy into something that's going to be a part of your geocaching world forever. So make sure, you know, you're giving the same amount of attention to preparing what you want visually you know, as compared to just going through the process of having it made, you know, you only get one chance to make that first impression. Right. Hi, my name is Sean and I own Articrafted.com. We make custom geocaching shirts. Just go to Articrafted.com and save $3 on each and every geocaching shirt that you want. We've designed geocaching shirts that look like this and we've designed geocaching shirts that look like this. You can send us your own art from your own tag and we can print it on a shirt for you. Or we can come up with an idea and we can print one just for you. Thank you very much for your time. Make sure you watch the Worldwide Cash Con. Cash on and stay safe. So when I'm coming up with my coin design and, and I'm creating my budget for what, what it's going to cost me to make this stuff, how much should I devote to, to, to the designer? Uh, it, a lot of it's going to depend on the design. Um, I, I charge a flat rate. So basically I'll go through a set of sketches, including a flat rate. I'll do three or four sketches and we'll work on those together. And if I can't figure it out by then, the problem's probably mine, not yours. If we decide on a sketch that we like, then I'll go through to the roughs and then I'll go to comprehensives and we'll make all the fine, you know, de you know, fine tuning details together. When all that's ready, then, you know, the mint basically just has to cut the dies and do the work. Um, the part of having that done, though, the, the thinking is the hardest part of the job. It's not so much the actual putting it together, but the thinking of a good idea and a good collaboration makes all the difference. But getting it through that's you know like i said I, I i set a flat rate so if a coin takes me 12 hours it's the same cost as a coin that takes me 30 hours because we had to do it twice because the idea didn't work but that allows you to put it in your budget and it's not going to change a lot of times that's going to be dependent on how big is your coin how many pieces does a coin possibly involve because that has changed a little bit too uh, different so, techniques take longer. 
So a coin like, uh, I say we're going to show you several tonight, but Chris, a coin like this that you designed was for GeoCoin or GeoWoodstock 14er. Um, mm. It's a big coin. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a hefty one. Compared to our little Puzzle Talk coin, it's it's an enormous coin, and it's got uh, it's got you know a lot of a lot of different you know facets to it. Let me cover up the GC code. We'll talk about that later too. But so the back of it, I mean, that's it's a lot of intricacy. It's a lot of detail. Looks, a lot of detail. A lot of detail. It looks like a lot of detail, but I know for you it was. I mean, obviously, they're labors of love, but I mean, you. I guess the the thing is, though, is it's it has this kind of, you know, even though it's, I love the design mm-hmm. and the the fact that it's not, you know, it's not circular, perfectly circle. It's got the, the you know, the the mountaineer type things. It's got this kind of design, whereas, you know, when when you talk about, um. Something like this, I'm going to show you. If I can make sure I don't show you the, uh, where is it? I think we're safe. Uh, oh, it's on the edge. That's right. So when you did, you designed this one too, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing about this one, which is incredible, it, is there a difference in your planning for something like this, which is cool as well, but it's, there's no. Yeah. It's reverse engineering. What the, the primary difference is they're both made the same way from, from the mint standpoint and okay. even from the design standpoint to some, to some level. Right. But if you look on the Woodstock coin, do you see the two layer or two different colors of red in there? Oh. It's a single fill, but because right. there's two different depths, Oh, There's two right. different colors without any metal to divide those colors. Oh yeah, and so to get an effect like that, it's only a, it's only possible to using the soft clay zone, um, sometimes called imitation hard enamel. Okay, and that's a, a technique that where they kind of overfill it and they polish it similar to a rock polisher, to where it's a glass-like smooth surface. Okay, so it has to be perfectly smooth because every part of that coin is all being ground at the same time. Oh, and you're wow. getting multiple colors out of single fills. Yeah. Because, you know, to do that, like the other coin, you'd be paying for twice as many enamel fills because right. you're using twice as many colors to make the same effect. So right. it's a lot of times it's what do you want to make? What do you want it to do? How do you right. want it to work? Whereas in this case, these different fills. Um... They all have the exact same color. Right. Because, and we can't change that because they're a soft fill. So a soft enamel is, it's a, it's a little bit thinner of a, a, a medium. So when it bakes in the baking process, it actually evaporates more liquid off. And so you get that kind of sloping down of the color. So it's not even. So if you look at any one of those spots under good lighting, right. um, it's like a pool where, you know, it's deeper on the edges and so the colors are not consistent. You can, you know, sometimes that's not good. Sometimes it is good. You got, if you know what it's going to do ahead of time, you can use it to your advantage. So that thinking part where I was saying planning out what you're going to do, right. that's hard work. Knowing what you want to accomplish and starting from there and working backwards is how you figure it out. 
So we were asking about um, as far as like budgets and stuff, like what do you, where do you want to start? My, my first point, every time I talk with a, with a person who's going to make a coin is what do you want the coin to do? You know, is it a traveler? Is it just for trading? Is it just for gifts? Are these ever going to see the inside of a cash or are you just going to hand them out person to person? Depending on what you're going to do, it changes what those options are. If you know what that is and you say, well, I want to do all these things and I want to fit it inside the budget. It changes all the rules of what can I, I can apply, but it doesn't mean it's going to be any less good a design. We're just changing how we mechanically build it. And so designing the coin, those two coins cost the same amount to design and they probably cost close to the same to produce, but they have wildly different looks. And so you just, you're working your way backwards, but it's, it's what do you want to do with your coin? And everybody has a different idea of what that's going to be. And it's really important because, you know, especially for a personal coin, it's, right. you know, what is your coin going to do? What do you want? What kind of impact do you want to make on cashing with your piece? So say somebody wanted to make a hundred coins and I, I know there's a ton of variables to this, but what, what should they budget for making a hundred coins? Coins today, if, well, a lot of it's dependent on size. A lot of it's dependent on um, what kind of coin it is. But I would say on average, I've seen people make coins for under $2 a piece and over $12 a piece. It's a lot of it's going to be, where do you want to go with it? But on average coins, even track, you know, it would still fully trackable coins, you know, coins are trackable geocaching.com. You can still make, you know, a hundred coins and not break that thousand dollar mark in production, which is surprising. Um, I, as much as the prices have gone up on everything else, I'm surprised that those haven't risen more, but you can still, you know, produce a coin for, you know, eight, nine, $10 per piece. So it's still very, very doable. And the demand for trade and the demand um, for people to add to their collections is still very high. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, coins are over. No one knows coins anymore, but I'm designing more personal coins now than I ever have since I started designing coins. Wow. People are still making personals. They may not advertise it as much. You know, you might have to be in those inner circles of people who make that leap into the pool to find out about what's going on. But there's coins being out, out there being made and there's some amazing stuff coming out. So what kind of crazy designs have you done? I, I've done a lot of uh, unusual stuff Early on, the most you know the most uh, difficult thing I ever had to work with was say glow enamel or um, translucent enamels. I was kind of there when they first became available, and it was I was one of the first people to get to use them on you know on more than just a rare occasion. So that was that was an exciting thing for me, the idea of being able to change what was the norm. And I'm always trying to change up and do something different. Uh, the first big leap for me in thinking completely outside of the box would be probably the EarthaCoin project, which we did for DeLorme. And the idea was to make the Eartha globe, which is there at the DeLorme headquarters, and that, you know, to actually do a full, you know, a 3D piece that also had movement. Yeah, there were several awesome. challenges in this because 
for me, I did, you know, I wasn't really aware that you could do more than one piece, you know, on a coin right up until the moment we kind of took on the project. And the second problem was how do you add enamel to a round surface and right. get it to stick? So there was a bit of a there was a bit of learning curve there. And a lot of people don't know it, but if you look at the Delorme under bright light, you can actually see the patterns of the ocean floor underneath oh, wow. it too. That is cool. But, uh, it was great. I worked with uh, at Delorme. There was a gentleman there, Chip Noble, who's one of the guys you might have seen at some of the geocaching events. Right. And he's kind of like um, their promo marketing guy. And we went through a lot of steps, but they're very good at conversing. And, and and having a good rapport with a client is probably the best thing. You know, brainstorming together is fantastic. Um, but we got this piece done, and the idea of adding movement to a coin kind of changed what I was thinking of as a coin. And then right about that time, everybody, you know, kind of had that same idea. Let's, what else can we do? How far can we push it? And so that, for me was a revelation, the idea that we could take multiple pieces and put them together. And before long, that's something that I sort of aspired to. The idea, I think the next thing we made after that was uh, the path tag Sherpa, which was a coin that could carry along a path tag in it. Oh, wow. Had path tags, but they didn't have a coin that was trackable. But if we gave them a coin that they could slip their personal path tag into, suddenly they had their own trackable coin. Wow. And that was kind of the idea of making a trackable personal coin available to anybody. And so we did a few different versions and variations of those for working with a direct, well, what is now direct mint and the geocoin club. Right. And then we started thinking like, what else can we do? How else can we put together multiple pieces and, and tracking? So I think the next big step would be working with uh, maybe MOGA in MOGA did a piece. I want to say it's like around 2014, I think, the Mission Impossible. I'd worked with them once before. Right. Um, working on some some really elaborate 3D pieces. But we were talking about the idea of Mission Impossible and, and how do we make this um, this coin more than just a coin. Right. And the idea of putting together a coin that served a purpose. You know, it didn't just have movement. It didn't just have pieces, but it actually served a purpose within the game. Right. And so... I had seen uh, one of the older, like when we, like again, when we were talking, some of these, everyone was kind of jumping into how this stuff, you could make movement. Uh, one of the coins that I, I bought immediately as soon as it became available was the Lizard Toad's uh, decoder spinner. And I thought that was just a brilliant idea. Um, when we were working on this project for the Mission Impossible, we wanted to make something that was, you know, far more elaborate. So the idea of, the a decoder coin that had like 32-bit encryption, you know, was the idea. So we made a coin that basically had, you know, I think it was like 26 to the power of 13 possible combinations. Wow. So it was it was an insanity piece, but we ended up being able to use it in the game. So if you were a person like if you're in MOGA, if you've attended that before, you know it's a bit of a foot race. And so there are some people who can do it and some people who can't. Right. right? And I love the idea that maybe we break this up, that there are people who could run out and do just the race, all the physical stuff that Ethan Hunt and Mission, you know, Mission Impossible would tackle. And then there are other people, if they chose not to do that, could sit down and do all the brain work and get to the same place in the same amount of time. And it became a race of physical versus mental. 
And so it kind of changed the dynamic of that entire event. The idea that you could, you know, that you could use this as a tool to actually get ahead of the guy, you know, running on foot and everything about that, it was excited me. And so from that point forward, it was, I'm always thinking, what's the next thing it would do? What else can we do? What, how else can we manipulate what's available to us technique wise? And what can the, I love the spinners. I show people have ever seen a spinner. This is the one Moga from a different year, but it's you're talking about the spinner's got this part on top, right? That spins. Mm-hmm. So the the decoder ring had a part that's spun at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just well, so yeah. Uh, the decoder for for Moga. Yeah. Did it have a actually, yeah, It actually had two separate rings and seven. Oh. And okay. seven bands of symbols, letters, and numbers. Oh, cool! So, but so, but you manipulate yeah, it so side. You, know, you make nice. a okay, cool. Um, but Listen. yeah. So the idea is constantly how do you how do you reinvent the wheel and make it a better wheel when it still yeah basically serves the same function. It still goes around. It still propels you forward in the game. I have to show this one too. This is uh, my wife's favorite coin. You did, Chris, was this one, which is coin. <laughs> it was the heart, and um, when you open it, it, will I should open it here where people can see it and make more sense, wouldn't it? So you can, yeah, there. you can separate out. There's the top part, and these parts come out. Yeah, it's um, called the shackle. I never knew that before. I did that coin. Shackle, yeah. The metal part on a lock. <laughs> oh wow! And so it's got, you know, there's the the different parts to it, and you could. You know, give part to your to your significant other, and you carry one part. You know, but anyway, it's just a neat idea that the idea though, behind it was trading coins without giving a coin away your coin. Right. If you were wearing one at an event, you could switch right. half of yours with somebody else. They oh, both yeah. have the same tracking code inside. That's so true. Yeah, the same tracking tracking codes. If they saw someone else, they could tra- you know tra- you know trade out one of their halves. Right. And so you could have these halves hooking up and linking, and eventually you might find your own half again from somebody you've never met within the geocaching community. That's awesome. I love that though. That's a great, I mean, that's very creative, but, a, but, a, but a neat idea. Uh, you know, something we did with, with puzzle talk is we, and this is something you've done. I know for, with other coins too, Chris, is that you put, you, you've sort of buried things into the coin in this case, it was a it's a puzzle. There's a there's a, a puzzle on the uh, in the inside inner workings of it of the coin. You can see there's letters. You can't really see it very well on this on this screen, but you you get the idea. The fact that inside there there's um, there's a there's um, there we go. There you go. Nice. So without giving away the whole thing, you can see the there's a there's a you need it's a something you need to to um, decipher, um, and I love the idea that not only. Whereas we're we're kind of getting to the end of this uh, time together, what are some? Uh, I know Tom, you you put this in the the notes, which was. Um, Something that what's on the horizon? Yeah. (laughs) What's next? What's Uh, next? This is a loaded question for uh, 2021 because everything's already 
been done. Uh, so we were ready to go for 20, 2020 and then everything got put on hold. Yeah. But there's some amazing multi-piece coins, some just great, uh, you know, puzzle, you know, puzzle work coins, gadget coins. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. I wish I could share more because I can't, you know, I can't share until, yeah. you know, the uh, events do and the people do who are come out with this stuff. Sure. But there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. There's, we have gone to where we push the mint to do more than just coins. And then we kind of had to bring it back a little bit. I think we were asking a little bit much on the engineering end. So now we've come back to doing what can we do at the mint and then collaborate with back here to, you know, come up with the final product. And right. so we're getting, we're getting to where we're being a little more self-reliant and coming up with um, better ideas that are mess, less engineeringly complex. But uh, I think you're getting the best of both worlds then, because I think we're just getting better coins out of doing that. Um, I mean, this is the Tri-Cities, uh, this Tri-Cities Geocoin Challenge is always pretty amazing. This is one that we did oh, that's amazing. Years, years ago. Yeah. And the idea behind this was, um, you know, the STEM program. And each of these rings actually represents a different part of the STEM program. Right. And so math and, you know, and engineering and, right. and so on. The idea was if we embedded, embedded all of these with jewels and then spun it, well, we had actually, we wound it up so it could spin <laughs> under its own there it goes. speed. But when it's opened up and all those jewels are glittering, it looks mm -hmm. like an actual spinning um, molecule or not molecule, an atom. Oh, and right. So all the spinning electrons, you know, zipping around the outside of that atom. <laughs> and so, again, it was the idea of making all the individual pieces. We had to make it easy enough for Mint to make the pieces. But if they could make the pieces, we could put it together, you know, back here. Right. Or we could put, you know, we had to make it simple enough that it could be put together in a way that it's, you know, that assured that it would be able to conform and, and be quality piece. So, yeah, we just, you know, we're working about a year ahead of time each year. And this year is, is no different. We're pushing the absolute edge of what's possible. And so we're still, we're still getting through it, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, what's coming down the pipe. There's a lot of stuff to look forward to in the you know, 2021 caching season. Seven fifty-five. There we go. Sorry All right, that. <laughs> that was crazy. Hey, it's what happens when we're doing these live shows. Well, it's funny is that the video just kind of it kind of keeps going. I think that's the problem, but that's okay. We're okay, back. we're back. We're back for the uh, end. We've got one more segment, which is a concert. We're really excited about the concert. So, um, but before we do that, uh, Derek, you've got. Some updates on the Instagram. I do. I do. Let me get to, we're sharing my screen real quick. And it has been actually a lot of fun seeing a lot of these uh, posts today. Um, 
I mean, it's really cool. I mean, so we got Joshua here as oh, very watching cool. it. Um, we got people out here that are geocaching as they are watching it. This one's really cool. We got uh, Doug with, and there's a Miss Pac-Man uh, path tag. Oh, that's so uh, cool. This here, this one. If I'm gonna see if I can pull this one up real quick. Yep. Jam into the uh, travel bugs. <laughs> it's not awesome. travel bugs. Travel bugs is coming up, but jam into. Um, Bugsy and stuff. So that it was just really, it's been really fun watching, seeing all these different posts. Really love it. Continue to post, uh, tagging us at uh, hashtag WWCC21. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it really has. Um, very excited about this last hour. Uh, this is our last real chance, I think, to, to thank everybody. Yes. Uh, because once the Travel Bug concert is over, it kind of rolls credits and we're done. Uh, that's what we have to do um, because we got to keep it to a hard eight hours. Hard, right. I can't believe it. We've done this for eight hours. It's very much it's like podcast. Seven hours right now. Yeah. yeah. But so thankful for everybody around the world. Uh, you know, it, it's been an, an incredible, incredible run today. Thank you, Derek, for, for producing this. It's been incredible. Oh. Um, Thanks to the team for getting a lot yeah, of these the, videos and everything like that. It's been a phenomenal day. Uh, mind blown. We've had, I, I, we just had some numbers. One of those trackables has been logged over or discovered over 800 times. Yes. <laughs> I mean, check that. I mean, Incredible. just imagine that uh, as go check out, go get some more swag, go to that, go to there, go get some more coins, yeah, get, all that. Get, yeah. Buy some swag. The, the owners of the swag, we asked them earlier they, and we said, House sales, and they go. We don't really want to talk about it. It's been incredible. It's just this blow is blowing their minds. So They're like this has like been mega status, like a mega event status on the yeah, swag. So that's been, been really yeah. Cool. It, I think it's blown them out of the water as well. They're like, I didn't want to go look and see how we're gonna do, but it's awesome. Keep buying, keep buying, and uh, real quick, uh, I put some notes about Chris um, from the last hour. Chris at or a design group, you, you can send him an email. He much more, you know, he'll be happy to talk to you about uh, possibilities. And, um, you know, his, there's his, uh, I sent that earlier too. Uh, or a design group.com is in the, uh, in the, in the ticker right there. So we yep. got one more trackable to show you. So stick around for that. And yep. um, during this next hour, and also uh, we've got an incredible concert. So, all right. But before we get to the concert, we have a commercial. I think this is probably one of, as our last commercial that we're doing yep. uh, today. Um, but thank you to all the sponsors that have helped uh, this. Uh, we hope uh, this has helped you guys out as well. And I really am. I can't say it again. I'm really proud of this team, of the Geocache Talk team and everybody that's put all these videos together. And all those that have submitted videos, thank you. It, we yes. couldn't have done this without you. And just like everything else in geocaching, it's so much better with the community. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> 